Welcome to The Strategist, where we delve into the art and science of business strategy and leadership. I'm David Green, your guide on this journey. My career spans over two decades, blending diverse experiences from law enforcement to the corporate corridors of Amazon Web Services and into the transformative realms of nonprofit education. In my law enforcement days as a major crimes detective and forensic expert, I was honored multiple times as the Officer of the Year, a testament to my dedication and results in complex investigations. Transitioning to the business world, I served as a business executive at Amazon Web Services. There, I was at the helm of safeguarding the largest data center market globally, refining business models and enhancing Amazon's foundational principles. I worked and lived in several countries, ensuring the continuity of our business model. But my journey did not stop there. I ventured into the nonprofit education sector, pioneering a new line of business. My focus was on dismantling outdated policies and innovating solutions that directly served our customers. This journey wasn't just about change. It was about revolutionizing how we operate. I dramatically increased productivity tenfold, slashed service level agreements by nearly 1,000%, saved millions of dollars, and turned a tide of thousands of annual complaints, some turning into lawsuits, to an outstanding zero per year. Beyond my operational roles, I'm a two-time published author and recognized speaker across various business markets. I bring these experiences to the strategists, aiming to share insights, strategies, and leadership values that can empower you, our listeners, in your own journey. So today's topic of conversation is customer obsession. In a world where customer expectations are constantly evolving, I pose a question. How can we as leaders foster a culture that not only meets but exceeds these expectations? That's what we're unpacking on this episode today. First, let's define what we mean by customer obsession. It's more than just customer service. It's an unwavering commitment to not just satisfy, but to truly understand and anticipate the needs of customers. It's about placing the customer at the heart of every decision you make as a leader. But a lot of people ask, why is this important? In the digital age, customers have more options than ever, and there are constantly new businesses opening up that want to keep up with you to steal your customers ultimately. However, a business that is customer obsessed doesn't just react to the customer's needs. It predicts them, creating a loyal base that feels heard and valued. This also bridges the gap between consumer and owner. A happy customer is one that feels connected to what you are doing as a business, and that connection drives revenue growth. So let's delve into the real-world examples to understand customer obsession in action. Companies like Amazon and Zabatos stand as prime examples. They've transcended beyond mere product selling. They're pioneers in crafting customer-centric experiences, setting benchmarks in the industry. Take Amazon, for instance. Their customer obsession is evident in their relentless pursuit of convenience and personalization. From the one-click ordering system to the personalized recommendations, every aspect of the Amazon experience is designed to streamline and enhance the customer journey. Their commitment to customer satisfaction is further showcased in the flexible return policies and efficient customer service, making every interaction a testament to their dedication to the customer. They also ensure you get your products in a timely fashion with two-day free shipping. To accomplish this, they developed one of the most sophisticated worldwide logistics networks to facilitate this need. Zappos, on the other hand, right, another trailblazer, takes a slightly different yet equally effective approach. Their focus is on delivering exceptional customer service, famously empowering their employees to go above and beyond and ensuring customers' happiness. Stories about Zappos' customer service represented spending hours on the phone with a single customer, not to make a sale, but to genuinely address and solve the customer's issues. 
This level of dedication has cultivated a loyal customer base that feels deeply connected to the Zappos brand. They are there for them when the organization simply, other organizations, right, simply dismiss the issue or don't even bother to pick up the phone. Both Amazon and Zappos, right, also actively seek and utilize customer feedback to improve their services. They understand that the customer's voice is crucial in refining their offerings and operations. This continuous feedback loop not only helps in addressing immediate concerns, but also aids in anticipating future needs, keeping them ahead in the game. These examples highlight a key aspect of customer obsession. It's not just about resolving problems or selling products. It's about creating an emotional connection with the customer. These companies right, have mastered the art of making each customer feel valued and understood, transforming the customer experience into something that is memorable and deeply satisfying. By studying these companies' operations, we can learn the importance of integrating customer obsession into every facet of business operations. It's a holistic approach that requires a shift in mindset and culture, prioritizing the customer at every step of the way. It's about making the customer the focal point of your business strategy, ensuring that every decision and every action aligns with the goal of enhancing the customer experience. We can also learn from companies that do not prioritize the customer. Consider the common frustration with internet or TV service providers. Many of us have experienced it. Their offerings are essential, yet their service often falls short. Imagine, for instance, you're working from home, and suddenly your internet connection drops out. The next logical step is to call for a status update, expecting a swift resolution. Instead, you find yourself waiting for over an hour on the phone to speak to a customer service representative. When you finally do, the answer is very disappointing. They tell you it's a four to eight hour wait for service restoration with a suggestion to call back if this issue persists. This experience leaves a lasting negative impression, overshadowing the quality of the product. Such instances of poor service not only frustrate the customer, but also severely damage the brand's reputation and trustworthiness. And that business will ultimately fail. I'll tell you right now, they will fail. Even in a world where maybe there is no other service providers in that area, eventually someone else will come in and compete and those impacted customers will immediately jump ship, even if it costs more money. So how, the question asked, right, is how do we prioritize customers? The first critical aspect of customer obsession is correctly identifying your customer. In non-transactional business models, this can be more difficult. For example, this concept might seem straightforward in retail or service industries, but what about in a setting where the customer isn't as clear-cut? Consider a team responsible for handling exam cheating investigations within, within an organization. It's a scenario many education companies might encounter, albeit indirectly. In such in instances, the primary interaction is with the individual suspected of cheating. A peculiar scenario, right? It's not a typical customer service provider relationship. Now pause and think. In this scenario, who is your customer? If your first thought was the victim of the cheating, think again. Surprisingly, the victim might not even have been aware that they were cheated from. All they know is that they showed up for the exam, took the test, and the score was released um, the date of score release. The real customer here is the one who poses a risk to your organization, and that is the suspect. It's an odd notion, isn't it? That the suspect, someone that took advantage of your organization by trying to damage your brand and get an unfair advantage, equates to a customer. You might ask yourself, why is this? Let's delve deeper. The suspect in many cases is likely involved in a transactional relationship, perhaps paying to take your exam, even if they gained an unfair advantage. 
but what they represent is a direct link to your business's reputation and operational integrity. Now, even when they are confronted, even with overwhelming evidence, the suspect might still deny any wrongdoing, possibly threatening to escalate the issue even to the media or legal system, challenging your business operation and practices. The situation puts your organization in a delicate position. You're not just investigating a potential cheating incident. You're also managing a customer relationship, albeit an unconventional one. In such scenarios, your business model must be equipped to handle these interactions delicately and reasonably. It's about balancing investigation thoroughness with customer sensitivity. Your approach should be grounded in fairness and transparency, ensuring that even someone under investigation feels respected and their, their concerns are considered. This example underscores the complexity of identifying and understanding your customer, especially in a non-transactional context. It is crucial skill for leaders to cultivate, as it can significantly influence how risks are managed and how your organization is perceived both internally and externally. Now, let me give you another scenario. Imagine you are a security guard employed by a firm to protect a data center. Your role is a crucial yet often underappreciated. One night as you're on duty, an unexpected situation arises. An individual attempts to tailgate or follow along with an employee through the front door. Your training and vigilance comes into play as you promptly intervene, stopping the intruder while the employee, unaware of any potential breach, continues on about their business. This incident brings to light a unique aspect of your job, understanding the diverse range of customers you serve. Your primary customer are the business and employees in this instance. They rely on your expertise to maintain a secure environment. In this context, your effectiveness is paradoxically marked by the lack of awareness of security incidents. If you excel at your job, the day-to-day -day operations proceed uninterrupted and employees feel safe, often not realizing the extent of potential threats that are seamlessly mitigated. This often results in a neutral, if not lukewarm, perception of security services, a sentiment of nothing ever happens here. So why the heightened security? However, there's a secondary, often overlooked category of customer, the individuals who tempted the unauthorized access, like the intruder in this scenario. The manner in which you handle such situations is critical. Providing professional and courteous treatment to these individuals is paramount. Failing to do so not only compromises the ethical standards of your profession, but also exposes you and your employer, the data center in this scenario, to legal consequences and negative public perception. Imagine a scenario where the intruder, feeling aggravated by the treatment, takes to social media to share their experience. This could quickly escalate into a public relation issue, casting the security service and by extension the data center in a negative light. Therefore, your role as a security guard extends beyond mere surveillance and intervention. It encompasses a dual responsibility, ensuring the safety and unawareness of the primary customers, the business and the employees, while also managing the interactions with secondary customers, potential intruders, with professionalism and respect. This holistic approach to security not only protects the physical premises, but also safeguards the reputations and legal standing of your employer. So how can you, as a leader, cultivate this value in your team? It starts with empathy. Understanding your customer's journey is key, encouraging your team to think from a customer's perspective. What do customers generally want from a business? Well, I'll tell you it's multifaceted, encompassing not only the products or service itself, but also the overall experience and values of the company. These expectations can be broadly categorized into the following areas. I call them the 10 points of retaining a customer. First, number one, elite product experience. 
Customers are drawn to high-quality products that offer exceptional functionality, reliability, and value for money. This includes a great overall user experience that encompasses ease of use, aesthetic appeal, and innovative features. Number two, immediate and exceptional customer service. From the initial purchase to post-purchase support, customers expect a seamless, responsive, and empathetic service. This includes a proactive support, efficient problem resolution, and a pleasant interactive experience. Number three, customer-centric innovation. Keeping customers informed about product developments, improvements, and future plans is crucial. This communication fosters a sense of involvement and loyalty, making customers feel like they are part of the brand's journey. Number four, transparency and honesty. Openness about product sourcing, business practices, and pricing builds trust and fosters long-term customer relationships. Number five, convenience, ease of access and use, whether in purchasing, customer service, or product usage is highly valued. Convenience in every aspect of interaction is a decisive factor for many customers. Number six, eco-ethical practices. An increasing number of customers prefer products and services that are environmentally friendly and ethically produced, reflecting a broader social and environmental uh, conscientious. Number seven, reliability. Customers expect a consistent experience across all touch points within a brand. This consistency in quality and service builds brand reliability and trust. Number eight, community connection. Creating a sense of connection with the brand and fostering a community through social media engagement, events, or loyalty programs can enhance customer loyalty. Number nine, speed and efficiency. Quick service and product delivery problem resolution, and transaction process is highly valued in today's fast-paced world. And finally, number 10, value. Customers seek a balance of cost, quality, and service that makes their investment a product or service feel worthwhile. Understanding and addressing these areas can help businesses not only meet customer expectations, but exceed them fostering loyalty and driving long-term success of an organization. And typically organizations that fail are missing several of these core components. What all these principles amount to is what I call ownership. Own the problem, own the solution, and you own your success. In doing so, you develop a customer that trusts you and respects your organization. You may even become a promoter to drive further business to you. So let's apply these comprehensive uh, customer expectation model to a specific case of a suspect in an education industry. We're hearkening back to that investigative thing. Their primary customer is the suspect, right? Number one. Elite product experience. Affirm the integrity and quality of your educational assessments. Emphasize to the suspect the value and fairness of your testing process. If suspects perceive the process is unfair, they will likely never trust your organization, undermining the effectiveness of the entire customer-focused approach. Number two, immediate and exceptional customer service. Provide immediate and transparent service to the suspect. Respond promptly using phone calls for a more personalized touch when possible. If volume necessitates email communications, ensure they are professionally tailored, demonstrating empathy. The longer a suspect waits for a response, the more challenging it becomes to manage that relationship. Number three, customer-centric innovation. Keep suspects informed as the investigation process progresses. Regular updates not only build trust, but also show respect for their situation, making them feel involved in the process. Number four, transparency and honesty. Be open about the investigative process, maintaining honesty throughout. This transparency in handling the case helps build trust even in challenging situations. 
Number five, convenience. Facilitate a remediation process, perhaps. Give them another test and help assist them in finding a chair. Making this process as convenient as possible for them shows your commitment to their needs. Number six, eco-ethical practices. Emphasize the ethical standards and sustainable practices of your educational processes. Even in challenging scenarios like investigations, meaning ethical integrity is crucial. For example, say all tests are reviewed so we can stand behind the scores we issue to universities. If an anomaly is detected in the review process, we perform a comprehensive examination to determine what, if anything, happened. This process takes two weeks, but generally we finish much sooner. Number seven, reliability. Ensure consistency across the investigative process, from initial communication to conclusion. Maintain a uniform standard in how suspects are treated and informed, reinforcing a sense of fairness and reliability. Number eight, community connection. Create a sense of community and connection by engaging the suspect with your educational institution more holistically. This can involve inviting them to educational events, providing access to additional resources. Number nine, speed and efficiency. Aim for a timely resolution with clear deadlines, like committing to conclude the investigation within a specific time frame. This efficiency uh, demonstrates respect for the suspect's time and ultimately reduces their anxiety. And number 10, value. Offer value to the suspect, even in challenging circumstances. For instance, if test scores are canceled, provide a fee waiver for retesting. This gesture can show goodwill and potentially retain the suspect as a future customer. And they can even become promoters of the integrity of the security team. They might even say, don't mess with them. They will catch you. By applying these tailored strategies, the education provider can address the unique challenges presented in dealing with a suspect in a cheating investigation, while still adhering to the broader principles of customer satisfaction and service. This approach not only resolves the immediate issues, but can also enhance the reputation and perceived value of an educational institution. Next, we'll talk about embracing feedback. This is what I will refer to as the after-action report. Embracing feedback, we can do this in two ways, and both are critical. One, internal data-driven, and two, external customer experience feedback. These processes are essential in cultivating a culture of a customer obsession. It's about creating multiple channels through which customers can voice their opinions, concerns, and suggestions, and realizing what our existing data tells us, biographical information, purchase history, interaction history, feedback and reviews, behavioral data, engagement data, segmented data, loyalty and retention metrics, service and support records, preferences and interest, and so on. If you're not identifying valuable success data markers for your business and strategizing about ways to collect and use this feedback, you are failing. This is a vital for success, meaning you need to know what success looks like and how to drive your customer to that theoretical purchase point. But it's not just about collecting feedback. It's about valuing it and acting upon it. This means analyzing the feedback, identifying patterns or common issues, and implementing changes that address these insights. You could be shocked about what you find when you review these data points and how you can use that data to improve your business. This continuous loop of feedback and improvement isn't just beneficial for customers. It also fosters a culture of constant learning and adaption within your organization. But I want to pause here. Many companies have figured this one out. Their approach is to send someone a survey, even if they have no other data controls. How many people have filled out endless surveys about a product you bought or a service you used? It's annoying. As a business, don't do this. It's not effective. And because there are so many surveys, an organization will not actually get actionable data. 
If you're like me, you simply write ones for the products you don't like and tens for the products you do. Or perhaps you just push that email right into your junk folder and never respond to it. Ultimately, this is a fruitless endeavor and at times costly because many companies outsource this job. More importantly, it tells us nothing. Furthermore, the customer does not feel like they have a true voice. Have you ever filled out a survey, put a bunch of negative comments, and then nobody ever cared? Nobody followed up? I have. So what I suggest is that customers should be directed to give feedback in an open forum, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Drive your customers there. Give them a QR, QR code for ease of access or a direct link. Then allow them to post what they like and don't like. And then you, the business owner, should respond to every single interaction. This approach breeds transparency and honesty, consistency, community, and many more of the 10 points of retaining a customer I mentioned before. Also, another effective strategy is to give them an email or chat line. Let them send you what they think is important and then respond and act on it. Don't let that conversation die there after the first conversation ends. Give them the answer and tell them how you solved their problem. This process requires effort and buy-in across the organization, and what that means is everyone should have ownership of the problem, and everyone should have be striving towards the resolution. Let's take a moment to consider the real effort involved in adopting a customer-centric approach. Some may argue that their schedules are already way too packed to integrate such a strategy. However, it's crucial to understand that being too busy is precisely why you need to adopt this approach. The benefits far outweigh the initial effort. Imagine this. When customers are happy and loyal, they typically require less time and fewer resources to manage. This is because a satisfied customer is more likely to have a straightforward needs and is more understanding when issues arise. Conversely, handling complaints, resolving conflicts, and dealing with potential legal issues not only consumes an inordinate amount of time, but also negatively impacts your brand's reputation. Think about it in terms of problem resolution. A loyal customer with an issue is generally more cooperative and easier to assist. They tend to trust your ability to resolve their problems efficiently, which usually happens with just a single interaction. On the other hand, a dissatisfied, frustrated customer might repeatedly contact your company, each time requiring significant attention and resources to address their concerns. Their frustration can escalate into a vendetta, consuming valuable employees' time and energy that could be better spent on innovation and creating superior solutions. I've witnessed this transformative power of customer-centric approach in every company I've ever worked for. It streamlines operations, fosters positive customer relationships, and ultimately leads to a more efficient and productive work environment. For instance, I contend customers might only need a call once to have the issue resolved, whereas a disgruntled one might need a call numerous times before finding satisfaction. This difference in effort and time is substantial. Therefore, embracing a customer-centric model isn't just a nice-to-have, it's a strategic necessity. It reduces the workload on your team, enhances customer satisfaction, and allows you to focus more on innovation and growth. This shift in approach is not just beneficial, it's essential for sustained success in today's customer-driven marketplace. However, for this uh, customer-centric model to work for you, uh, you have to have ownership of that model across the organization, from entry-level employees to the CEO. And for managers, leading by example is crucial in embedding a customer-centric mindset into your organization. Every decision, big or small, should be made with the customer in mind. When leaders consistently demonstrate this approach, it sets a standard for the rest of the team. In our example, if the leaders in the education organization demonstrate empathy and fairness in dealing with customers, 
This approach will likely trickle down through the ranks. For instance, if a leader personally follows up on a customer's complaint or publicly acknowledges and acts on feedback received from these customers, it sends a powerful message to the team about the value placed on fair treatment and customer engagement. This mindset, once ingrained, can transform your organization's culture. It shifts the focus from being inward-looking to becoming outwardly focused on those you serve. It's about building a business that doesn't just deliver services or products, but also generally enhances the life of its customers. And in the case of the education example, it's about ensuring that even in challenging scenarios, the approach remains empathetic, fair, and customer-centric. But a question that often arises is about the impossible customer, the one who seems unsatisfied no matter what you do. How do you deal with such a scenario? It's a complex challenge, but there are effective strategies to handle it. Firstly, it's crucial to approach these customers with empathy and patience. Sometimes what might seem like an irrational, dissatisfied customer is rooted in past negative experiences or misunderstandings about a product or service. A patient, empathetic approach can often de-escalate tension and open the door to more productive dialogue. Secondly, ensuring that you listen actively and validate their concerns. Even if you feel like their complaints are unfounded, acknowledging their feelings can go a long way in building trust. It shows that you value their input and are willing to listen, which can sometimes be enough to turn a negative experience into a positive one. However, it's also important to set boundaries and manage expectations realistically. If a customer's demands are unreasonable or beyond the scope of what your business can offer, communicate this clearly and respectfully. It's about finding the balance between doing everything possible to satisfy the customer and knowing when to draw the line. In the context of our earlier example, the educational institution, an impossible customer might be a suspect who remains unsatisfied with the investigative process despite fair and transparent handling. In such cases, maintaining a professional stance documenting all interactions, and sticking to your policies and procedures is crucial. Sometimes the best outcome is to agree to disagree, ensuring that all interactions are handled with professionalism and respect. Lastly, learn from these interactions. Even the most challenging customers can provide valuable insights into areas of improvement for your business. Reflect on these experiences and consider if they are uh, systemic changes that could prevent similar issues in the future, and more importantly, preparing them for future success. Remember, well, not every customer can be satisfied. Every interaction is an opportunity to reinforce your commitment to exceptional service and professionalism. They may disagree with you, but they will respect you. And in the future, you may have the opportunity to convert them into a future satisfied customer. In conclusion, customer obsession isn't just a strategy. It's a mindset that can redefine how a business operates and thrives. As leaders, our goal should remain to champion this mindset at every level of our organization. Thank you for joining me on The Strategist. I'm David Green, and I look forward to exploring more critical strategies and values with you in our next episode. Stay strategic and keep your customers at the heart of your business. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Your feedback helps shape our content. Until next time, wish you all a blessed day.